I always don't know what to do there. I, I never know when it's going to come back, when it's going to, I wait for the wee thing. And yeah. then I think, okay, it's time. But guess what? Sometimes it's not. And uh, yeah. I always but, do this with my fingers during the guns. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, shit. I forgot that I had this mask on, but check this out. Let me take it off. Or I should just put it. I should just put it on. But look, a friend of mine at work has a design company called Creative Owl Designs, and made me an MMA sucker mask. Very cool. Pretty cool, right? Uh, it is. You know what? So she does a ton of creative stuff. She makes candles. She makes uh, masks and T-shirts and whatnot. Let's. Uh, I mean, she's not sponsoring the show or anything but why don't i just let everyone know where they can find her since i had that around my neck do it so, creative owl media it's on instagram at creative owl designs not creative owl media creative owl designs some cool stuff t-shirts masks candles custom mugs look at that seinfeld shirt how beauty That's pretty is cool that seinfeld shirt. yes christmas ornaments but so check her out creative owl designs on instagram for all your goodies all right, MMA Suck Alive episode number eight, I believe, eight, nine, eight. Yeah, we were supposed to have Tim Elliott. I apologize to you guys once again. It seems like he's caught up driving a little off guard. Uh, I don't know, on his way to Vegas, in Vegas, doing something, but we don't have him today. Hopefully, we'll get a one-on-one -on -one interview with him, maybe, maybe not. Uh, I have an interview with Eric Anders tomorrow morning. That should be a doozy. Uh, unfortunate knee to the head. Another one of those downed opponents. Let's talk about that uh, before we get into anything else. We will talk UFC Vegas 22, but downed opponents happen two weeks in a row. We saw the Yan, Peter Yan, giant knee to the head of Aljamain Sterling. We didn't even talk about that last week on the show, I don't think. No, we but, didn't. Uh, and then last week, I, I noticed that uh, the referee, I don't know who the referee was in that fight. It was Herb Dean, correct, in the, in the Eric Anders fight? I don't know if you saw, but he alluded to the fact that uh, his opponent played possum and sort of baited him into throwing that knee to the downed opponent. Did you see that article? And what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't necessarily agree with that to be completely honest with you. And you know, this, the rules are the rules. You, you can't, that's like saying that somebody baited somebody into throwing an eye poke or, or you know, a groin strike. Like, I think, I think the downed opponent, the, and Joe Rogan had this on his show because he had, uh, I forget who he was talking to. I think he was, I forget. But anyways, he was talking about how the varying commissions have different rules for the downed opponents. Vegas has adopted or has grandfathered in the old rules, I believe. There's the new rules that other organizations have adopted where you can have your fingertips on the ground and that doesn't count as a downed opponent unless you're putting weight on them. So from a fighter's perspective, I think you have to sort of play it safe in terms of knees to the head knee to the body all you want knee yeah. to the knee to the hip to charlie horse and whatnot but kneeing to the head it's all circumstantial when it comes to that because you don't know as the person comes up whether it's if you have a knee down you're a downed opponent that's the way anyone looks at it 
whether his opponent was on his way up, who the hell knows, but he lucked out with the fact that it was declared a no contest and not a disqualification. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that you just have to, as a fighter, err on the side of caution there. And if, if there's a question of whether or not your opponent's down or not, just don't throw the knee to the head. Like you said, throw it to the body all you want. Knee to the sternum can do the trick too. It's just you got to, you know, you can't mess around with it because it's subjective at the end of the day. And Exactly. You can't leave that kind of thing up to somebody else's opinion. No, and I mean, we're talking downed opponents. We're talking people on their knees. We're talking... Support for MMA Suck Alive is brought to you by Manscaped. You want someone on their knees? Obviously, you don't want to be bushy down there. Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology development to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners, 20% nice. off plus free shipping with the code MMA at manscaped.com. Now we got some goodies in the mail from manscaped. Look at this beautiful little leather carrying case that you can carry your razor 3.0 comes with a little flashlight on it. So you can shave it's super quiet too. You can probably hear how loud that is, but it's super quiet. Shave your family jewels. Obviously you got a little crop preserver, which Smells delicious. Crop Reviver, which is a ball toner. You're going to want this. Seriously, the Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside the brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which comes with everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, smelling nice down there. As we said, with our coupon code, you get this package, all the goodies inside, as well as Manscaped threw in two free gifts for you guys in the perfect package, which is a pair of high-performance Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day, and this traveling shed bag. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code MMASUCKA at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. They will. I love it. I, I, can't, I can't deny that. I love Manscaped. I was very, very impressed with uh, what they sent out to us. All right. Let's talk UFC Vegas 22. It is Derek Brunson versus Kevin Holland. I don't know if you voted for him, but I believe Kevin Holland was likely the fighter of the year last year, in my opinion. I voted for him. What was he, 5-0? and yeah, five and zero, oh, five fights in the UFC in one calendar year is very impressive. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and uh, he beat some big names. He didn't just go out there and run up five wins. I mean, he he looked good doing it. He fought some quality opponents, and uh, I'm all in on uh, Kevin Holland right now. Let's talk the card overall. Obviously, that's the main event, uh, but we've got. The main card we'll talk. Forget about the prelims for now. Tai Tuvasa, heavyweight battle against Harry Hunsucker. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Dan? Because uh, it's late replacement, correct? Yeah, to be completely honest with you, I don't know too much about Harry Hunsucker. He uh, came in and replaced Dontel Mays late because of COVID issues. Um, I, I Like I said, I don't have a vast viewing history on 
on uh, Harry Hunsucker, but reading the, I edited the preview for that fight today, and it looks like it's a classic grappler versus striker match. So interesting. I, I know Ty can Ty can you know land anything in there. He he's a guy who we've seen go up against some heavyweights that uh, gas out quick and early. Sure. Uh, he's 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 got that on his side as well. But uh, I think. Being a late replacement, it's tough to fight a guy who's a late replacement with the fact that there's so many unknowns. So I want to give props to Ty for taking this late replacement fight. As a fighter, you just want to fight. And, sure. and I understand that. I'm going to pick Ty Tuvasa in this one. What about you? Yeah, you got to go with the known quantity. Uh, the guy, uh, Hunsaker, Hunsaker is making his UFC debut. He fought and lost on the Dana White Contender Series. Um, I think you got to go with the guy that has had success in the octagon before. So for that reason, I'm also going with uh, Tuivasa. Next up on the card, uh, two guys with nicknames that counteract each other. The assassin against pain. Assassins don't usually cause pain. They cause death without pain. And uh, Max Griffin is looking to cause pain to Song Kanan. Uh, welterweight battle between two guys who have similar records, 16 and five for Song Kanan and 16 and eight for Max Griffin. This could be a very fun fight. Uh, both guys look for knockouts 50% on either side of their victories have come by knockout and, uh, average fight times for both these guys. Very similar as well. Who do you got in this fight, Dan? Um, I like, I like Max Griffin in this fight. I think that it's a good fight. Um, I think it could could potentially be a really solid fight, but uh, I'm going to go with Max Griffin here. I think that he wins the fight probably via TKO. I'm going to go the other way. I, uh, I'm going to go Song Kanan, man. I, I think the assassin will silently get it done in there. I think he's going to bring uh, some explosiveness. He's going to dictate where the fight goes, and I think he'll win a unanimous decision. I don't think he'll get the job done necessarily, but he'll get enough done to earn the judges scorecards. Next up, we got Adrian Yanez against Gustavo Lopez. Adrian is actually a guy who's a uh, part of the pick em, the uh, last one standing. I believe Michael DeSantis did an interview with him. Pretty good one over at MMA sucker.com. Uh, again, two guys with very similar records, 12 and three for Yanez, 12 and five for Gustavo Lopez. Uh, bantamweight matchup between these two. <sighs> this one's a bit of a pick em for me. I, I know both guys are, are very, they want to go in there. They want to finish the fight as quickly as they can. Uh, but I'm just going to go with my heart in this one, man. I think I'm going to take Yanez by, by unanimous decision. Yeah, I'm going to go with Yanez also. Um, I've seen him fight a couple times. Um, on LFA, he's he's a pretty good fighter. He had some, some some success, I should say, on the Dana White Contender Series in 2020, and uh, he won his UFC debut in pretty impressive head kick first round fashion. So yeah, I'm gonna go with him as well. I think he wins the fight. I don't think it goes the distance. I think he gets a, I think he gets the stoppage. Do you? Yeah. Uh, late. Um, I'm actually like middle round, maybe late first, early second. Okay. Okay. That's good. That's good. Um, next up we got the women. This is actually a pretty cool matchup, not necessarily because of the match itself, but because Shayam by Bay's, 
uh, and her husband are both fighting on the same card. Uh, pretty interesting. Both coming from, uh, this is a cool fight. Uh, just not even the fight. As I said, just the fact that these two are competing on the same card is something that you don't see too often. We've seen siblings fight on the same cards before, yeah. uh, but husband and wife doesn't happen all that often, let alone having a husband and a wife in the UFC at the exact same time doesn't happen very often at all either. I don't think it's ever happened, to be honest with you. But we got 5-1 Shayam Bays against 9-1 Mosterat Ruiz. Uh, United States versus Mexico... 115 pound matchup uh, decision is what I'm leaning on here. And I think the five and one bays is going to take it tough call for me. I just think she has more heart going into this fight than Ruiz does. Yeah, that's, that's very possible. I, I lean towards, uh, towards uh Bays as well. I think that she wins a decision. Um, it's, it's a good fight. It's it, both of these fighters are very uh, talented fighters. And I think that it has a potential to maybe be one of the better fights of the evening. But at the end of the day, I, I think that she uses, uh, her reach advantage and her striking advantage to, uh, earn a unanimous decision victory. The co-main event, two guys with only one blemish on their rap sheet, 155-pound division, Gregor Gillespie against Brad Riddell. 13-1 Gillespie, 9-1 Riddell. This is a fun fight. I I think we see fireworks in there. I don't think we see the judges' scorecards. I think we see someone get knocked down to the canvas and a TKO uh, from ground and pound. Now, which way it's going to go? I'm going to have to lean with the American in Gillespie. Yeah, that makes sense to me, too. I, I would certainly think uh, Gillespie would be the favorite here. I think that uh, he's the more talented of the two fighters and has certainly shown in the past an ability to get things done in there. Um, I, I, To be completely honest with you, I don't know too much about Riddell. Um, That's fair. <laughs> but yeah, I I would think based on their pasts and what and their level of competition and whatnot, I'm gonna go ahead and go with uh, I'm gonna go with Connor Gillespie in this one. Gregor Gillespie. Gregor. Yeah, McGregor, <laughs> McGregor on the mind. Yeah, Gregor Gillespie. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. Now the main event, as we said, Derek Brunson versus Kevin Holland, number seven ranked. 185 pounder against number 10 ranked 185 pounder. Ah, man, two guys riding fantastic records coming into this. Uh, do you believe that the winner of this fight, if they have done enough to show fireworks, will get a title shot after a victory in this one? No, no, I do not believe that at all. I think that uh, Kevin Holland, with a very impressive victory, has a chance to maybe get himself in position for an elimination fight. I think that Derek Brunson's a little further away than that. All righty. Well, we got number seven Brunson against number 10 Holland. I think that if Holland wins this, having a six-fight win streak in the UFC, or six in a row, first one of this calendar year, five in in 2020 i think that that will catapult him 
beyond number seven in the division, in my opinion. Uh, it's interesting because they're both very technical fighters. I think Brunson comes in there with a bit of uh, throwing caution to the wind at times. If he gets, if it, if it gets into a bit of a stalemate, Holland, we saw knock out Jacare from his back in yeah. Jacare's guard, which is absolutely insane. I think the streaking Kevin Holland takes this one, and I, I'm, I'm leaning a submission win. Interesting. I, I don't know if I necessarily see a submission in the future here. I see more of a a, a TKO striking. Um. Listen, Derek Brunson has looked good in his last few fights. He seemingly turned a corner. He changed camps and, you know, but you look, he beat Elias Theodoro, who I like, who I think is a great guy and everything, but wasn't exactly, you know, a, a great fight. It was a unanimous decision win for yeah. him. And then he had another unanimous decision victory. And then I was very impressed with his win over Edmund. Um, that said, I think Holland is at a different level than Derek Brunson is. At this point, especially. Yeah. And I think he does everything just a little bit better than uh, Derek Brunson does. And like you said, he's won five consecutive fights in 2020. And uh, I think that he's he's the better fighter. And now, I, I think he gets the victory via TKO. I know you're saying TKO, and I, I do think he pieces him up on the feet, but I think that... that Pinches that's him where, on the ground. Yeah, exactly. I think that's going to lead to the ground, and I think that's where the submission, whether it's a rear naked choke or a guillotine, I think that he he pieces him up on the feet, which drops him, and then gets the submission. I don't know. I'm just leaning that way. If I'm a betting man, that's what I'm going to go with. It makes uh, sense. Submission victory for Kevin Holland. Uh, anything else on this card that that piques your interest? As I said, I think it's pretty cool that uh, JP Bays is on the card as well, uh, husband wife on the card. I'm really interested to see Grant Dawson back inside the octagon. Uh, I'm interested to see that fight too. Finally, finally back inside the octagon. I I feel like this kid, uh, if he gets a big victory here against Leonardo Santos, has big things, and hopefully he can get another fight in 2021 because that hasn't been the case for the guy. Yeah, no doubt. He's struggled to get be to remain active. Yeah, it, it's tough. Uh, I, it's not from a, a casual fans perspective. It's not a super stacked fight card, but oftentimes these are the ones that end up panning out and, and people are surprised. They, they learn a new name when you look at this fight card and, and, and you see these guys fight inside the octagon because there should be some fun matchups on this one. Yeah, I mean, and the thing about this card that I like is that uh, there's a lot of names on this card that could have really standout performances. You look at Montel Jackson, uh, Trevin Giles, Grant Dawson, who you just brought up. There's a lot of people that could really make a name for themselves on the undercard of this. And uh, it's always nice to see those guys get some shine. You know, 100%. I wanted to speak uh, last weekend. We had not only the UFC where there was the eye poke and the downed opponent knee to the head, but we also had Rise FC 6 on Saturday. It was a three fight card. Elias Theodoro uh, finished uh, Matt Dwyer in the main event. And it was a historic night to say the least because it was the first time in, uh, I believe, MMA history that someone got an exemption 
for medical marijuana. Uh, Elias Theodoro uh, partnered up with the BC Athletic Commission and got a TUE, historic cannabis TUE, and uh, which means that he was allowed to be, well, not necessarily be high, but he was allowed to have marijuana in his system when he fought, which is very historic to say the least. It should have happened a long time ago. Uh, but this could set precedence for other provinces around Canada, as well as hopefully the United States as well. Yeah, can you believe once upon a time Nick Diaz was suspended five years for marijuana use? Yeah, and can you believe that these guys that were have been suspended in the past that that you know say they had a year long suspension as of six months ago uh, could still be suspended due to that even though marijuana is no longer on the the banned substance list. It's it's the way they've treated marijuana throughout the course of athletic commission history is it's ridiculous. And what about uh, not even what about not even in in sport? What about the guys that are in jail for marijuana that won't get released even though it's legalized in in most places? Well, yeah, I understand exactly where you're coming from there. To me that's a case by case situation. Um you know, should you be in jail if you got caught smuggling 15 pounds of marijuana across the border? I mean, you, you probably had some other fish yeah. you were frying as well. Um, I remember Nate Newton from the Dallas Cowboys had like 16 pounds of marijuana on an airplane once or something. Jesus. You know, it's like there, there's breaking the law, there's common sense, and then there's a little bit of both. And I, do I feel like someone who's in jail currently for selling marijuana, like an end user? Should be in jail? No, absolutely not. It's ridiculous that those that those people are in jail still, despite the fact that marijuana has been legalized in so many of the states that it, people are still serving marijuana-related sentences for. Exactly. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But yeah, uh, we also didn't touch on this past weekend's main event, which ended prematurely. Uh, I poke to Bilal Muhammad Leon Edwards was warned once. And then ended up getting that eye poke in there again. UFC president Dana White tweeted out a picture with, you know, the face palm because he saw the thumb above the eye made no sense because you could see the index finger pulling open the bottom of his eye. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty nasty. Uh, what are your thoughts going forward? Do you think that we see a rematch of this fight? Leon Edwards, in my opinion, does not deserve a title shot off of this. I know Wonderboy no. has voiced his opinion saying he doesn't deserve a title shot because of an eye poke victor or whatever he got disqualification, no contest, no, no decision. Yeah, no yeah, decision, yeah. which is which is pretty ridiculous because I mean, we saw the knee to the head be. I don't know. I, I'm I'm so confused by by everything these days. One referee will call it a disqualification. One referee will call it a no decision. We saw two no decisions. I believe both were by Herb Dean. Yeah, you know, the difference with, with the no decision and the, and the disqualifications, I think some of it has to do with a, a, a round being completed or not being completed and whether or not the strike was viewed as intentional. Um, I think if you're warned for something in the first round, and you do it again in the second round, and it results in the fight being over, I think that's an intentional thing at that point. I think that, you know, you can't just say, oh, you know, it was an accident. You know, you were warned in the first round. Stop doing that. Yeah. 
Um, do I think Leon Edwards deserves a title shot? No, absolutely not. I know that he said he doesn't want to run it back with Bilal Muhammad. I wouldn't either. He's got a lot to lose in that fight and very little to gain from a rematch with him. For sure. Is Bilal Muhammad owed a rematch? Probably, yes. But I think that if you give Bilal Muhammad somebody else up in the top seven or eight, um, he'd be fine with that. And I think that if you're if you're Leon Edwards, you just have to uh, take who they offer you at this point. And it's not going to be a championship fight. Could it be the case of not seeing Leon Edwards fight for a little while again? You know, it certainly seems to be how it's gone in the past. If Leon Edwards doesn't get what he wants, he tends to not accept other fights. Which is why I was surprised he accepted the Bilal Muhammad fight in the first place. Yeah. Um, very little to gain in defeating Bilal Muhammad, except for, of course, Dana White saying that if he wins, he gets a title shot, which, you know, that's worth its weight in uh, toilet paper, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know what the situation at middleweight's going to be. It'll play out how it plays out. I think that these guys in the main event Saturday will have something to... Uh, Maybe if Kevin Holland wins and wins and looks impressive, maybe he's next for Leon Edwards. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not so sure myself either. Uh, any other news that you saw come up this past week that you wanted to touch on? Uh, nothing newsworthy that I saw that I thought was of interest. Uh, I'm excited for Bare Knuckle tomorrow. Um, I'm always excited to watch Bare Knuckle. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite sport, bar none. So, yeah, tomorrow night's a good card. It should, the main event should be an absolute, you know, bomb with Joe Elmore fighting against Leonard Garcia. That's uh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> uh, Joe Elmore, he's arguably one of the goats of, uh, of bare knuckle. Uh, do you see him picking up the victory in this one? Because, you know, Leonard Car Garcia can throw down with the best of them. I, I, yeah, that's a fact. Leonard Garcia, you don't want to count him out against anybody. No. But I, I think that uh, size-wise and strength-wise, those things benefit Elmore in this fight. Um, I think that it's just going to be a cracker. I think they're going to come out and slug it out until somebody goes to sleep. And if I had to take uh, money out of my pocket and put it on one of them, I would go ahead and take Elmore. But I'm not going to count out uh, Leonard Garcia ever. What other fights are on this card that, that we can look forward to? You know, the co-main event is a really exciting fight, too. You've got uh, Reggie Barnett Jr., who's 5-1 and one in the bare-knuckle arena and just an outstanding fighter. And he's welcoming former professional boxer Chop-Chop uh, Corley. Uh, Demarcus Corley's coming to bare-knuckle from the world of professional boxing. Nice. And that's his nickname is Chop-Chop. That's going to be a great fight as well. Um, there's just this, there's a lot of fights on this card that are pretty entertaining. Uh, Bobo O'Bannon is on the card, which is always nice. He, he shows up as a heavyweight and just scraps. Then you got Melvin Gallard is on the card. He's fighting, uh, Scott O'Shaughnessy. That should be a good fight. Professional boxer Elvin Brito is fighting Brad Kelly, which should be a good one. And then Jason Fish, who's just supremely heavy-handed and just slugs it out with people he's on the card as well versus sounds Adrian stacked, man. sounds stacked it caleb harris is another guy on the card that just from top to bottom this you know you don't have a page van zant you don't have somebody who's like 
recognized Jim I or Jim Ayler's or you know Palomino or one of those guys. But what you do have is evenly stacked fights up and down the card. And uh, you know, Melvin Gallard hasn't won a fight of any kind in like seven years. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think maybe he gets off the Schneid tomorrow night and gets a win, but the card is just stacked from top to bottom. It's loaded with with heavy hitters and, and good fights. And like I said, you know me, dude. How well oh, yeah. you know me. <laughs> I, I love bare knuckle more than life itself. So there you have it. Uh bare knuckle. Uh we've got LFA tomorrow night we've got one championship it's a pre-recorded event tomorrow morning uh there's a championship on the line the one welterweight kickboxing bout between regian ursel against mustafa haida janet todd is in the co-main event alex silva is on the card as well it's a pretty decent fight card for uh, a fist of fury card which are these like little events that one is putting up leading up to their big event uh on tnt in a couple weeks here We've also got, as I said, LFA 102. It seems like it was just LFA 100 the last time we spoke. We got Bruno Souza against Elijah Johns in the main event. And as I mentioned, uh, there's another little UFC Fight Pass event tomorrow night. Battlefield Fight League from up here in Vancouver, British Columbia. We'll be making their UFC Fight Pass debut. Pretty, pretty exciting. I've been in these guys' corner since Battlefield Fight League 1. I... Uh, typically do the post event or post fight uh, interviews for them live. Uh, you know, not a conflict of interest at all hired by the organization to do post fight interviews. But uh, for this one, because of COVID uh, there's no media allowed inside the building. Oh, so uh, I won't be there, but I will be watching and covering the event live on MMAsucker.com. It's also, as I said, on UFC fight pass at 6 PM tomorrow night, Friday evening, Two titles on the line. The main event is going to be a bomber of a fight. Achilles Estramadura, who actually fought as an amateur at Battlefield Fight League 1, is now 6-0 as a professional, is an absolute killer. He's got some of the best footwork and striking anywhere in Canada. And he's fighting Curtis DeMars, who's like veteran of the sport. You probably heard the name before. He's been around the block. Uh, this is going to be a killer main event. And I believe if Achilles gets the job done, he should get a call by the UFC uh, at 7-0. and Whether it's contender series or not, who knows? But the kid is a killer. Nice. Uh, co- co-main event, we got the heavyweight title up for grabs. I did an interview with Kyle Machado, the champ, uh, earlier this week. He takes on another veteran of the sport. This guy has been around for over 20 years. Jordan Meehan's dad. 53-year-old Lee Mian will be fighting for the heavyweight championship at Battlefield Fight League against Kyle Machado. Wow! Lee is arguably riding the best streak of his career. And as I said, he's been fighting for 21 years. Uh, he's on a 5-1 and one streak over the past few few fights. So 5-1 and one over his last six fights. He's on a two-fight winning streak. Both of those victories by submission. Uh, and Kyle Machado is known for his cardio, taking the fights deep. He's got heavy hands. He's known as the Brazilian Bigfoot. This one should be very, very fun. The nice thing about this part as well is we're going to see a bunch of amateurs making their pro debuts because as of right now in BC, uh, there's no amateur MMA allowed. It's just professionals. So the guys that would have fought amateur uh, 
previously decided to turn pro in order to stay active. So tune into UFC Fight Pass to see the future of Canadian MMA Battlefield Fight League 66, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, we got a little comment here. Framing looks great with the 14 millimeter. Thank you, Johnny B3K. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> I agree. The framing looks fantastic. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Battlefield Fight League. That about does it for this episode of the show. We'll show you a few things over at MMASucka.com. I'll share the screen with what we've got. As always, for Fight Week, we've got UFC Vegas 22 previews for every main card fight. Uh, Cage Warriors, we didn't mention that. Three events this week. The trio of events Cage Warriors likes to do. Cage Warriors 120 went down today. Tomorrow we got 121. Saturday we got 122. Keep it locked, MMASucker.com for all your results. We've got a preview of uh, One Fist of Fury 3. An interview with Roshan Minam, who's also fighting there. An interview with Cho Jose Torres, who... Uh, Fights at Brave CF in a rematch against Sean Santella because that fight went to a draw. And uh, again, we got previews galore of everything known to man. It's we over do. at MMASucka.com. Yeah, like tomorrow night we're going to have live results for uh, LFA, Bare Knuckle, and as you said, Battle. Um, yeah, Battlefield Fight Battlefield League. Battlefield Fight League all going on simultaneously. So. Keep it locked on MMA Sucker, man. We're, we got it all going on this weekend. 100%. Until I looked at the screen, I didn't realize I was wearing this JHK shirt either. Look at you representing. Shout it out to Kumite TV, JHK MMA. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Ralph Lauren and his <laughs> polo. Very nice. Thank you guys for tuning in. That does it. We will be back next week again tomorrow. I've got an interview with Eric Anders. So tune in for that. Check out all my interviews that I did earlier this week. We had Kyle Machado over on the show and uh, I'm hoping to get an interview over the weekend with rise FC six uh, winner, Josh Kwiatkowski. Uh, we do a little Duffins donuts thing and hopefully getting an interview with him there. Uh, thanks a lot. That was episode eight of MMA Suck Alive. I am Jeremy Brand. Follow myself on Twitter at JeremyBrand604, on Instagram at Jeremy underscore 604, MMA Sucka on Twitter at MMA Sucka, on Instagram at MMA underscore Sucka, and MMASucka.com. You can follow Dan Rose everywhere, as it says on the screen right there. Whoop. Dan Rose MMA. Peace.